Thank you for joining me this week. We're always pleased when you take time to tune in to hear how the Word of God is being fulfilled by current events of Bible prophecy. You know, some of the most severe rebukes in all the Bible are by Jesus to those that could discern the weather, but they couldn't discern the times. And headlines have been so incredible in the last several weeks. So many stories that are taking place around the world are an exact fulfillment of what the Bible say would be in the last days. I think you're going to enjoy this series as we look at energy, Russia, the red heifer, and other items that are filling the news but have been hidden in Scripture waiting for the last days to come. Welcome to our broadcast today. Well, today um, I want to visit again with you on the end times. And um, in terms of being an exciting week or two, the last couple of weeks have just been uh, unbelievable. And, um, and so we're going to be looking at these things. And I, but I want to do it against the backdrop of, of Matthew chapter 16. So go in your Bible with me to, to Matthew's Gospel chapter 16. And I've entitled this Weatherman for the End Times. And... Um, we're going to be looking at at least these four categories that you see here. Energy, the red heifer, uh, our children, and then uh, the, the nuclear Armageddon that was in the news much of the week. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. The Pharisees with the Sadducees came, testing Jesus, desired that he would show them a sign from heaven. I, I'm just going to stop there for a minute because... If you go back to chapter 15, it's pretty interesting because what he's done is um, in verse 31, it talks about how that he made the dumb to speak and to hear. Uh, he made the, the cripple to walk. He made the, the blind see. And they've got the nerve to say, could you show us a sign? Uh, and if that wasn't enough, at the beginning, or then verses 32 through 39, he takes seven loaves of bread and a few fish, and he feeds 4,000 people. And they say again, can you show us a sign? You see, here's what I'm convinced of. Today, we're going to be looking at signs. None of these are signs for the rapture of the church. All these are signs for the coming tribulation. Okay? And... I don't know how to tell you that the tribulation is horrible other than this. It says that unless the days were shortened to only seven years, no flesh would be alive. As best I can tell as I study the Word of God, Zechariah chapter 14, Revelation chapter 6, places in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, there will be chemical warfare, there will be nuclear warfare. I don't know about you, but I'd do about anything I could to get out of that, wouldn't you? And so the Bible warns us of these things and here's Jesus and he's talking to to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and by the way notice this the religious people you you really want to know the truth right now because I'm one who's looking for the Lord to come any day I get more criticism from religious people than I do from from people that are not saved people that are not saved they say yeah we know that this is the Bible coming true and so here are, are the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they're testing him. We want a sign from heaven. Here's his answer. Jesus answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say it will be foul, fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and overcast. O you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, 
but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Now there's a, a saying that goes like this, red at night is a sailor's delight, and red in the, in the morning is a sailor's warning. And it agrees with this little saying, doesn't it? But what he's saying is, you know what, you can take something like the weather, and you can make a prediction on the weather. Have you ever noticed the predictions that the weathermen make? I'd love to be a weatherman because you can be wrong. They say, you know, there's a 30% chance of rain. So if it rains, they see there's the 30%. And if it doesn't rain, they see that's the 70%. You're never wrong. Matter of fact, you know what? In the Bible, the old prophets, if they were ever wrong one time, you know what they did? They killed them. They stoned them. Can you imagine a weatherman? And so here they are. They, they come to him. And, and Jesus says, you know what? You're better at predicting the weather than you are at discerning the times and the seasons. And so that's what we want to look at today. There's some things that are taking place, and they're, they're incredible. And there's two words that I want you to, to come away with today. One of those is the word convergence. And so I've selected these four, but at the end I'm going to give you a list of maybe eight or nine more that, that we could look at, and some of those I'll try to intermingle. But, but all these things are converging at one time. That's the point that's very significant. I'm not saying that through the, the years we haven't seen one item or two, but for them all to come together at one time, to converge at a single point in time, that really is amazing. And it should be a, a great indicator, too, is that we're living in a day and a time when Christ could come at any time. Here's why. These are signs for the tribulation. And the Bible promises that those that have received Christ as Savior don't go through the wrath of God, don't go through the tribulation. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty happy promise, isn't it? Because, you see, if this is not the wrath of God, and, and look what we're going through, can you imagine what the wrath of God would be like? Well, let me tell you how bad it is. In the first several seals that are broken, one-fourth of all the earth perishes. A few judgments later, a third. Now, that only leaves three-fourths. Tad, help me do the math. So if you have three-fourths, and now you're going to take another third. So by the time you finish two of those judgments, 50% of all the world has died. <laughs> I don't know about you. But, you know, a lot of people were scared about the pandemic. What was the death rate? Well, they made it sound like it was over 50%, but it wasn't, was it? And, and so here's what God says. And so that's why to have these things all converge, it says that Christ could come at any time. Next is the idea that, that collapse. We're, we're watching some things collapse. So, so there's a convergence of things, and then there's a collapse of things. The society that we live in, it's collapsing. The values, the, the world system. And you know what? The more I look at it, the more I'm convinced that people want the, the system that we have right now to collapse. In order for an Antichrist to come in, they're going to have to collapse the, the economic system. They're going to have to collapse a number of the value systems. And I think they're in the process of doing that. Well, let's just take one of these and, uh, and, and try to... to work our way through them to see if God is not showing us something pretty incredible at this day and time. And so I think both of these, the convergence of all these things together at a particular time and the collapse of our society and normal values, what we would call normal values of the past, I think they all say 
This is making a way for a new world order, a, a new structure, and that's exactly what's needed for the Antichrist. You see, the present structure doesn't fit him very well, but the Bible talks about what he will require. If we have time at the end, we'll show you what some of those are. Let's talk about the, the world energy situation. And one of the things that, that made incredible headlines this, this past couple of weeks was the Nord Stream Pipeline. Now, I don't know how much detail to give you in the Nord Stream Pipeline, but I want to just give you some because there's a Russian pipe, two Russian pipelines. They're, they're encased in a, in, a, in a very strong concrete vault that goes across the ocean floor. If a ship ran into it, it wouldn't destroy it. But if you were to, to take and to bomb it, literally bomb it, with something that would be more powerful than any bomb that's been unleashed on the earth since World War I and II combined, that total power, that's what it takes to destroy the pipeline. In this last week, both of them were destroyed. Now, it wasn't a natural disaster. In other words, I, I tell you that about the concrete. I tell you about the, about the amount of TNT that it would take because I don't want you to think, well, maybe it's an earthquake. No. 100% agreement. People in Poland verified. The United Nations is now verified. Other countries have verified. Even Russia said it can't, it can't be a natural disaster. And so here's the conclusion. It was sabotage. You know what I mean by sabotage? You're looking at me like, okay. Uh, told me that means that somebody did it on purpose. They did a, a, a horrible deed, okay? And, there, and there's really only two people that have the means to do that. One of those would be Russia. Now, this is Russia's pipeline. This is the way Russia makes its money. This is actually the way Russia is, is funding their war in the Ukraine. So if you were Russia, would you blow up your own pipeline? Hmm, probably not. Who else? Well, Tucker Carlson does about a 10-minute segment on it. We're going to borrow two minutes from it. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again. Then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But what what, how will you how will you do that exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will. Uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. We'll put an end to it. We'll take it out. We'll blow it up. How will you do this? He was asked. I promise you, we will be able to do it. They thought this through. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. One of the great environmental catastrophes of our time is unfolding tonight off the coast of Denmark. The Nord Stream pipelines, which are enormous Russian-owned conduits that carry natural gas from Russia to Western Europe, have been breached. As we speak, Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 are pouring millions of cubic meters of natural gas into the Baltic Sea. Pictures from the air, which you can now see on your screen, show a toxic bubble field more than half a mile wide. You can only guess at how many marine mammals are being killed right now, countless. So the question is, how did this happen? And it turns out it was not an accident. At the very same time that leaks in these pipelines were detected, Swedish officials recorded two powerful undersea explosions, each one of which was equivalent to hundreds of pounds of TNT. Nothing in nature can account for that. Today, we are also dealing with 
an act of sabotage. We do not know the details of what happened yet, but we can clearly see that it is an act of sabotage, an act that probably marks the next stage in the escalation of the situation we are dealing with in Ukraine. We can clearly see, he said, this was an act of sabotage, an act of terrorism. Well, yes, we can see that. Now, there's several things that, that you should know about this. Number one, what are the rules that the world goes by now if you do an act of sabotage and it's not to protect your own land? Yeah. You understand that, that we've breached the very contracts that everyone is going by right now. We, we violated those rules. And so officially... We're at war with whosever territory we blew up, and that was Russia. Yeah. Okay, so a little later, a week or so later, when they talk about a nuclear Armageddon, keep this in mind. Number two, let's talk about, um, let's talk about the, the pollution that's coming. Methane gas, bubbling up, tons of it. And, and we're sipping through straws because we don't want to hurt the earth. That we're, we're, we don't want our cows to, to poop in the pasture because it's putting undue methane out. Uh, this is a joke. What, what, we're driving electric cars that have to be plugged into stations that, that use fossil fuel. It's antiproductive. Well, whoever did this, whoever did this, Russia or the U.S., they just violated all the clean act of the last decade. And, and they made a mockery of it. Wow. You see, there's two rules that they play by. And so whatever one is convenient for them. If I were the world... I'd be kind of mad at whoever blew that up. If you believe in green earth, I'm all for a green earth. Matter of fact, I can show you Revelation. God wants a green earth, but he doesn't want it at the expense of the lives of people. That's the difference. And so let's take a look at this oil field or, or that, that situation. But it's going to lead to this. This is a, a map of Lebanon and Israel. And if you look, I know it's, it's hard to see, but if you'll, you'll see that for a long time there, there's been concern because Israel has found an incredible gas field just offshore. Now, for a long time, see the top blue line, line one? That's what Israel said, that's, that's our territory. It's clearly outside of the Israel boundary. But Lebanon said, you know, we live close by and we need money and we need energy. And so we're going to claim that that's ours. And so negotiations came and, and there's an HOF line there. And, and people said, okay, maybe we should draw the line there. And that looked pretty good. But now what's interesting is just in the last week or so, see the red line way down there? Lebanon now says that's where our line should be. All that gas should be ours. Now, why would that be important? Well, here's why. Because during this last week, the White House told Israel that really the gas doesn't belong to Israel, even though it's offshore of Israel. It really belongs to Lebanon and they want uh, the U.S. government wants Israel to give permission for 
Lebanon to do the gas, and Hezbollah will manage it. Do you know who Hezbollah is? It's a terrorist organization. It's responsible for, for the death of thousands of people in the last 10 years. Thousands. And here's the plan. I mean, look at Netanyahu. He's going crazy. <laughs> Lipid, Lipid said, okay, we'll do this. So they're going to surrender to Hezbollah all the rights to the gas, and then Hezbollah will pay a royalty check to the Israeli government. Never in the history of Hezbollah have they ever made a check out from Hezbollah to the, to the Israeli government, and they never will. They're terrorists. I didn't think we negotiated with terrorists. Do you remember when we had that policy? And here we are. We're giving them the biggest gift you could possibly... There, there's no way to even know. It's in the trillions of dollars. Israel is furious. Netanyahu is furious. He said, what are we doing? How, how come we're taking this huge gas reserve? He said, it belongs to, to the citizens of Israel. We're giving it away, and we're giving it to people that hate us and are trying to destroy us. Hezbollah is trying to destroy us. They want to destroy Israel. They want to destroy America. And we just gave them the biggest Christmas gift you could ever give them. Oh, I wish you'd stop there. Look at the headline here. Israel and Lebanon gas feel a nice edge. And so, to make sure that this takes place, as they go out to, to look at the, the wells and, and probably going to have to stop the, the production, isn't it interesting? Because here's who's out there. Russian ships, Russian weapons, Russian marine people to make sure that Israel doesn't get the gas. Now, Israel, when they see this and they, and they understand... Uh, so what did the United States do? The United States said to this, Israel, if you don't give the nat your natural gas to Lebanon, to Hezbollah, we will no longer support you. All aid will be cut off from you. Now we're giving aid to Iran, and Iran really likes us, don't they? And we're giving aid to lots of other people that, that hate us. And Israel works with us, but we said, if, you don't, if we don't get our way, we're going to take our toys and go home. And so this is October the 6th. Israel preparing for potential escalation in the war in the north. Yeah, it, folks, it's really pretty incredible. And, and Putin, he's extremely happy. You want to know why? Because Putin and Hezbollah work together. Yeah. And so pressure from the United States to, to pay Hezbollah. Russia ships, Russian weapons, Russian soldiers. Russia's angry. Here, here's what Russia says. Hey, how dare Israel have this natural gas because our gas line just got destroyed. And so we've got all those customers in Europe to service plus Germany. Now, have you read the news out of Germany this past week? Unbelievable. Germany says... Hundreds, a hundred thousand people may die this winter because of lack of natural gas. Our economy is wiped out. Our food is scarce. We've got to have gas. We have no gas. Israel says, we can supply the gas. Russia says, no, you won't. And that's when the pressure came from the White House to stop any production. It's got to go to Hezbollah. I, I don't know about you. You know what I think? I think that this is pretty crooked. I would really be worried, but here's what the Bible says about it. Ezekiel chapter 38. Aren't you glad the Bible has an answer? 
Because some of you look pretty worried right now. Let me tell you this. The final, the final page of the story has not been written. And it doesn't get written until after the tribulation begins. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that Russia, in the tribulation time, how do we know tribulation? Because it says that there's going to be unwalled villages. There's going to be a time of peace. A master peace man is going to come, set up peace. Israel's going to agree to it. And when that happens, Russia is going to come and they're going to take a spoil. They're going to take great gain. They're going to take something that's extremely valuable. I, you know something? Right now, natural gas is a premium, isn't it? Uh, it's one other thing I want to add to this. Germany in such a, a bind, and I just decided not to put it in because I, I don't know if I can cover four stories, but I have a, a 45 second clip of Donald Trump talking to the United Nations several years ago. And here's what he does. He tells Germany, Germany, you must become self-sustaining energy-wise. And at the same time, he's giving this little lecture to them in the UN. You know what they're doing? They're laughing. They're, they're, they're nudging each other, snickering and all that. And now, one and a half years later, they are crying to the world saying, have mercy on us. We're going to lose 100,000 people. Hey, you want to know a country I'm worried about that's not energy sufficient anymore? It's us. Think about this. Where are we getting our gas and our oil from? Iran. A little later, I'm going to show you another. Venezuela. Venezuela really likes us, don't they? Yeah. Iran really likes us, don't they? They've already said they're going to destroy us. So we're buying gas at $130 or $40 a barrel. And in our own country, we can do it for $20 a barrel. 20 Gas would be $1 a gallon and 70 cents of the $1 in taxes. And instead, we decided, no, we'd rather pay $350, 450 $550, $550, and and. Buy it from Iran. I, I don't get it. Oh, yes, I do. The Bible said in the end days, energy would be a premium. And, and it would be a, a very important factor. And so here's where we are. You see what I mean? We're living in the light of Bible prophecy. But while that's so exciting for those of us who know Christ, there might be some here and you have doubts. Or maybe you have other anxieties and fears because there's some things that you need to confess to the Lord Jesus before he comes back. His coming is soon. And so I beg you to get right with God today. As well for those that don't know Christ. What an opportunity. What a day for you to come to Christ. The signs are around that the tribulation is coming. Before the tribulation ever comes, Jesus will come back for those that are saved. My friend, today you could accept Christ. Confess to God that you're a sinner. Admit to him what he already knows, but what you need to admit is that you have come short of his standard of holiness and you need a Savior. Next, acknowledge that Jesus Christ, his son, came, came to the earth for the sole purpose of going to the cross, dying on the cross, shedding his blood to wipe away, to wash away your sins. My friend today, would you accept him? Would you accept him as your personal Savior? If so, then you will with excitement, see what's taking place in these last days as the Bible is being fulfilled. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those who, as they watch the program today, they saw how near we are to the return of Christ. And Father, I pray today 
that there will be some that will accept him as their personal Savior. And Father, others of us will live for him, telling those around us that the time is short. Jesus is coming. Salvation has been paid for. We thank you for our salvation through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.